Hello, and welcome to the Zircona Growth Insights Podcast, bringing clarity to the complexities of consumer behavior. Episodes feature industry experts, partners, and guests across the 26 industries we track, representing nearly $4 trillion in global consumer spending. Our goal is to give you transformative insights and the most complete view of consumer and market opportunities. Hello, and welcome to Circana's Growth Insights Podcast. Today, I'm joined by two of my Circana colleagues, Susan Kelly, Solutions Design. Um, Susan is part of our global solutions delivery team and an expert at measuring marketing mix, and she works on continuous improvement on behalf of our clients. And Kelly Dunham is delivery director, um, overseeing setup and execution of lift measurement, essentially determining if campaigns are really hitting the mark. Together, this dynamic duo, um, they act as a custom measuring measurement support team. Susan is more mixed and Kelly is more lift, so they work to determine the optimal investments to make and then measure the sales outcome. So think of it as the evidence of how well a campaign was able to connect with its audience. Um, Susan, you're the marketing mix expert, and as much as I'd love to dive into that, the complexities of how brands are spreading out their marketing spend, today we're going to kind of focus more on linear and connected TV um, as part of that total mix. So for listeners, I want to define linear TV as being more traditional, think cable or satellite or broadcast television that's scheduled to air at a specific time. Connected TV, or as I'll refer to it as CTV, is streaming content that can be watched whenever and increasingly wherever we want. So before I dive in, I just want to like pressure test a little bit. Did I explain that right? Yes, for the most part. Um, CTV is actually a subset of overall streaming TV. But for this discussion, we can simply use the term CTV to cover all of it. Perfect. Thanks, Susan. And Susan, I want to kind of stick with you a little bit. Why is it important to view linear and CTV through separate lenses, like not necessarily separate screens, but take us through some of the advantages and disadvantages of either and why we're pulling that out from the marketing mix overall. Linear TV and CTV are definitely bought, executed, and measured very differently. Um, When we look at the advantages of linear TV, we see lower CPMs and a broader reach. I want to stop you right there. CPMs is the cost per thousand. I don't understand what the the M, I guess, for millennial, but cost per thousand impressions, right? It sure is, yes. And for anyone wondering, the M stands for meal. It's Latin for 1,000. Um, We have been seeing reach declining on linear TV as more households cut the cord, but it's still our broad reach um, marketing tactic. And we can see some limited options for targeting on linear TV. Now, that is one of the key advantages of CTV, the option of very precise targeting. Advertisers can target not just based on demographics, but by consumers' interests or even their behaviors. And that's one of the things I'll I'll add in there as an advantage of, of CTV, Susan, is at Circana, we 
use loyalty card data for building audiences and targeting um, households that are, are going to see a media campaign. So we use that frequent shopper program data or loyalty card data where a shopper types their phone number in at the register at the store. And it allows, it allows the retailers and advertisers and providers like us to establish patterns of buying behavior within a household. So you might identify someone, not just did they buy a brand or a certain category, but actually linking together, are they shopping similar aisles? Are they shopping in the baking aisle and the candy aisle? Or are they frequently buying products that are on temporary price reduction or buying private label? Or are they buying products all throughout the store that have similar label characteristics like health benefits or um, you know, antioxidants, things like that. So there's a lot of, of different types of targeting that can be done on CTV, like you said. Um, and purchase-based targeting, I think, is one of those especially strong indicators that we use and, and advise um, advertisers to use because you're allowing that advanced targeting of finding a high propensity shopper because of where they're buying or what they're buying in the store as opposed to their age or how many children they have or some of those more um, broad reaching characteristics. I think that is so interesting. Um, so you're able to, again, I just want to reiterate this because I think it's so critical. You're able to target audiences better with connected TV almost based on shopper loyalty. So for example, say you're looking at a program for breakfast cereal. You could you could say, oh, you know what? We've got a whole audience for you of households with children or you know whatever demographic you want that's buying a certain type of breakfast cereal, but you're not able to do that with linear TV. Is that correct? Because you're not Tell me a little bit how you're not how it doesn't translate to linear on the linear TV side. How you're typically buying is you are reaching out to sometimes to networks specifically to buy inventory on on their particular channels and shows. Other times you're just buying a day part. So you might be familiar with I want to prime time. I want to run during prime time or I want to run in the early morning, um, you know, before people are going up and, and out to work. Or you can also buy um, on a demographic and say, I know my product resonates with women with children. So I want to have my ads delivered when women and children are watching TV. Um, but, you know, the flip of that is we see more and more that as you get more specific, you may not necessarily resonate with all women and children, but you certainly resonate with people, women, men, um, who are buying, let's say, um, like a children's cereal, for example. And that might be your entry point into, OK, these are families. I don't necessarily care if I'm reaching you know, mom, the shopper for the family, maybe dad's shopping too. And I don't want to exclude him from my targeting. Okay, got it. I think I've got it, but we're going to circle back to that, I'm sure. So, um, Susan, you had mentioned, you know, that CTV has that higher cost per impression. Um, and, but I want to dig into a little bit of like, what are we getting out of it? Like, what's that return on spending? Because I think that's what's been changing quite a bit, including with, you know, cutting the cord and more people kind of moving over to CTV. So talk talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, we're seeing in the latest years 
that while CPMs for CTV can be higher, and part of that is because of that precision targeting, the more targeted, the more you are seeking out a niche audience, the higher those CPMs. However, we're seeing the effectiveness of CTV go up over time as well to the point where the return on ad spend for CTV has actually passed that of linear TV in the past year. So while these two serve very different, um, can serve very different purposes, we do see it's a balancing act between being specific enough to reach the audience that's most likely to be most responsive, but broad enough that we don't miss big opportunities. So that's why a lot of marketing plans are still implementing both of these marketing levers to reach those goals. So I'm going to have two questions on that. But the first one, and Kelly, I think maybe you're the one who might be able to answer this, is how are we determining um, that return on ad spend? Is it is it directly attributed to like the sales of a product? Um, and I guess this is where I'm piggybacking on these questions. If I'm investing, say I'm that serial brand and I'm investing in both linear TV, maybe some of those programs that appeal to women and children, um, as well as CTV, where I really think my audience is watching, how do I know where the lift is coming from? So that's like a, a twofer. Mm-hmm. So Kelly, I'm <laughs> going to start with you, but Susan, feel free to weigh in. Yeah. So this is a question that I get all the time, especially when I'm delivering results, because so often we see that there are these great returns for um, CTV, and then inevitably the advertiser says, but it's so costly. Um, And I like to say, I I use a metaphor about buying a house (laughs) um, to try to explain it. So if you're looking for a house and you're in the market for a house, you are looking at a particular neighborhood that might have 10 houses on the market. And you might look at a different neighborhood that's in a little bit more desired of an area um, for whatever reason, and it has one house on the market. You're going to pay a little bit more for the neighborhood that has one house on the market in the more desired area than you would for the neighborhood that has 10 houses on the market. And the same is true for audiences. But just how when you're buying a house, that more desired location is going to long-term give you a stronger return when you then sell your house. The same is true on the media side. If you put in the investment up front to reach a higher propensity audience, you're likely to see that return on the back end because those households are, for example, maybe spending a little bit more already. Um, on the product, or they're more likely to spend more on the product versus if you're just reaching sort of a broad group of of people and hoping that you get one of those households to convert. Because at the end of the day, it is when you're talking about return on ad spend, it costs money to reach someone with an impression, every impression you put out there. So whether you're delivering 10 impressions and hoping to get a buyer out of one of those, or you're buying one impression that costs a little bit more, but they're likelier to be a buyer, that's kind of the balance you have to strike is I'm willing to pay a little bit more without getting sort of too targeted. And I think that's probably where you were headed earlier, Susan, with the disadvantages of CTV is if you do get too niche with your audience or too small, then you're paying so much that you may not get your return. So that is a balance you have to strike. 
Yeah, Callie, totally agree. Yeah. And so that's what we see on the Lyft side of the business. That's what Lyft really validates is we do this test and control methodology where we look at households during the campaign period. So if the campaign period is running from January to March, we look at lots of buyers and shoppers and households between January and March. Half of them maybe saw the campaign, the other half did not. And we actually compare the buying behavior and the buying patterns and how they differ during that January to March period. And ultimately, that's how we're able to say that media is the actual cause for the incrementality in sales. And that's where we do that incremental sales divided by media spend to get your return on ad spend calculation. But I know, Susan, I think you do it a little bit differently on the mix side, at least in terms of of measurement periods, right? Yeah, that's right. With marketing mix, we use a mathematical model to decompose or break down volume sales into all its different components. That might be, you know, distribution or just being on shelf, might be in-store promotions. And most importantly in marketing mix, how much volume is driven by each of the brand's marketing levers. So we take the volumes um, from the retailer sales data. We marry that up with the client's advertising data. And then the model helps us quantify how much volume comes from each of these different tactics. We'll then take that, we'll apply an average price, and we'll calculate the return on ad spend, which is going to be the dollars driven for every dollar spent. So with marketing mix, there's thousands and even millions of different observations by week by across geographies and so that allows us to break down those tactics and say precisely what volume came from ctv what came from linear tv and how do these compare or how do they differ i think that is really interesting and again that's why i'm so fascinated by the total marketing mix because As you mentioned, there's so many other levers that these brands can use, like promos and how that might impact the lift, Kelly, that you might be getting um, from a particular campaign. Susan, I do want to stick with you, though, because you brought up something, you know, like maybe the, the life of the campaign, you know, and you're talking about various weeks and stuff. Tell me a little bit about how your work, and maybe this is a question for both of you, but I'm going to start with Susan. Tell me about how your work kind of influences that campaign as it's it's going, you know, so how do you course correct or how do you maybe shift a little bit of those dollars one way or the other um, to get the ultimate lift? Marketing mix is more of a planning tool So we look at often annually or twice a year, sometimes quarterly, we'll measure the entire campaigns that have been executed. And it's often, you know, full two years analysis. We take those results. We look at which marketing levers are most effective, most efficient. And we also look at what we call a marginal ROI. So where should I put that next dollar to make my campaign most efficient? We can also simulate, you know, or do what if scenarios where we can, you know, create a plan and say, if I were to do this, 
what would my volume be? And so we use it to plan, you know, even a year in advance or six months in advance. Um, so it's not an in-flight or, or within the campaign type of optimization tool, at least not yet. In the future, as um, you know, everything gets faster, we can look at even that. This is where Lift and Mix really work together as compatible solutions. Like this is where Susan and I, our work overlaps within Circana when we have clients who are using both solutions. Because Mix is, like she said, that planning tool and is going to tell our advertisers to invest in TV and to invest in digital and say that those are strong um, sales drivers or media performers for a particular brand. Lyft can come in and model in a matter of weeks as opposed to months or even a year or so, so that you can do that in-flight optimization to say, okay, within TV, you're already on TV between January and March. Maybe in early to mid-February, we can turn some results around that show within TV. These particular networks are performing really well, or this 15-second creative is driving more incremental sales than your 30-second creative, you can turn one off and, and kind of optimize toward the other because that's the end goal of, of using Lyft is those faster turnaround of results to optimize um, while you're still in flight to hopefully drive that ROAS up and up and up throughout the year. You know, we've done um, a couple of reports with the ANA, the um, Association of National Advertisers, and more specifically, see her um, on what we call gen, GEM lift, which is gender equality measurement. And that has been just so fascinating. Um, so I would I would encourage anyone to go to our website, circana.com, and look up some of those GEM lift reports because um, it really does speak to being at the right place at the right time, targeting the right audience. And then again, like you said, figuring out what what nuances, you know, how to how to tweak them to really resonate most with your desired audience. Um, so I want to kind of take a step back a little bit and talk about how you're working with clients. Um, you know, and, and again, Susan, I think I'm going to start with you because it's such a mixed type of topic. Um, Talk about some of the goals that you help them identify or, you know, some of the granularity, if you will, of figuring out what's going to work best um, as you make your plans. Sure. As we work with clients, um, we kind of started that higher level. So which marketing levers are the most effective and the most efficient? Or is it linear TV? Is it CTV? Are they both looking really good? And then we break that down even further. So for linear TV, for quite some time, we have been breaking linear TV down by campaigns and networks, um, day parts, and even genres. For CTV, this is sort of in its infancy, these breakdowns. So we do break down by, you know, different tech partners, you know, where is the advertising being executed and with whom. 
But we're still working on, you know, what are those other really valuable executional breaks that we should measure in mix? We work with a lot of our partners to say what other metrics and breakouts are available in the data that we can explore and start to test. Um, so it's a very exciting path forward, uh, especially in the, uh, you know, CTV and digital world. Can you tell me a little bit about some of those metrics that might come into play? Sure. We're looking at things like, you know, are there different types of targeting? Is one campaign geo-targeted and one campaign demographically targeted and another is behaviorally targeted, for example? And does that make a difference or is it more, you know, due to the creative? And we see differences across the creatives, but not necessarily the targeting. Um, so we're looking at, you know, what are those breakdowns that are most influential in the performance of the campaign. That's really interesting. Um, this feels like such a, a an interesting like anthropological exercise that you live every day. So I think that that's um, super interesting. So I want to wrap up a little bit by having you, Kelly, tell us maybe again or deeper about identifying and targeting some of those special audiences and where you might be pointing them to. Yeah. So I think this is another place where Lyft and Mix work really well together, where one has a weakness, the other has a strength and vice versa. Um, I'm going to use another metaphor that you're welcome to cut out, Joan. <laughs> but um, what I like to think is is um, about like your yearly physical. Mix is kind of like your yearly physical, where you are checking everything in marketing from top to bottom, your um, media, your pricing, your your different channels, all of those things. So with Mix, you're checking everything from top to bottom, looking for major red flags or green flags uh, about how your media is performing. Lyft is more like coming in as the specialist kind of multiple times throughout the years and getting into just the media aspect. So it doesn't have quite as big of visibility as Mix does in terms of the channel coverage, but it does have a little bit more of that granularity that you and Susan were pointing to, like um looking at different targeting audiences and how they're performing or creative versions or even ad length is a big thing for us right now, looking at 15 seconds versus 30 seconds. Um, we also see a lot of, of requests for how is my evergreen creative that's on all year long performing compared to my seasonal or specialized creative that I'm running and that might be kind of new to my consumer. So. On the Lyft side of the business, CTV um, is really starting to be, from a measurement perspective, as nimble as digital, which is really, really exciting for the, the TV space. Is there anything that, and again, I'm coming at this from as a newbie, um, am I, have I not asked something that you think is important to keep in mind here? Because there's a lot of dynamics and there seems like there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of places we're going, particularly with CTV. The only other takeaway that I might make sure came through is I really do believe that there's a place for both linear and CTV in the marketing world. Um, CTV, I think, is the up and comer and, and is really what it, what's nimble and exciting right now. Uh, but certainly we don't want to totally do away with with linear TV either. So um, there's always going to be a lot of of thoughts and and thought leadership out there about all of the 
benefits and the disadvantages to both channels. But I think if if advertisers can strike a great balance between the two, that's where success is really going to be found. And again, you know, I'll go back to what Susan said about like the whole marketing mix and all the many, many levers. And to your point, you know, CTV had probably maybe it's enjoying its moment, right? It's enjoying its moment right now. Um, People are seeing like the advertisers are seeing it. Look, when they do invest right, they're getting that return on ad spend. And what I think is absolutely so exciting is that we're able to measure it in so many different ways now. I mean, there's just, you know, to your point, both of you, you've mentioned that things just keep speeding up. And now we have AI coming in, which is definitely going to be taking a lot of the guesswork out of things um, and speeding things along even more. So we'll have more control over ad messages. We'll have more control over our engagement with shoppers. It'll be the right shoppers. So people like me who, you know, maybe again, I love puppies. I don't have a puppy. Please don't, you know, ask me to buy all the things that puppies need because I'm not interested. Um, And it'll be more of a turnoff. It's more noise. I want to avoid that. So this has been super interesting. Um, I can't wait to have you back um, to talk about more of the mix and to track some of the success and the the growth of CTV and even like what's going to change in linear TV. So with that, I want to thank you both and um, talk to you again soon. Thank Thank you. you, Joan. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the Zirconic Growth Insights podcast so you don't miss an episode. And let us know what you'd like us to cover. We'll serve it up in a future episode. Look for us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to review Zirconic Growth Insights. Want to learn more? Visit us at zircona.com and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn.